I'm going to preach on the 10 lepers this morning, and I know it's a Thanksgiving message uh, this morning, but again, I don't like sermons. I want messages, and so this morning we're going to look at that. But Luke chapter 17, if you've got your Bible this morning, Luke 17. Jesus made each star in heaven. He created earth and sea. He's the keeper of all knowledge. What is past and what will be. Yet he offers his great wisdom. So you will not lose your way. Like a lamp, it glows every step, it shows you can know His will each day. Trust His Word, trust His Word, all God's promises are true. Trust His Word, trust His Word. When your pathway disappears, when your joy gives way to tears, when you're plagued with doubts and fears, trust His Word. is not a distant stranger he can be your closest friend and he'll always listen closely when you share your heart with him jesus walks the path beside you he has been there all along and he'll guide your feet when your step is weak and your strength is almost gone trust his word trust his word trust his word all god's promises are true trust his word trust his word when your pathway disappears when your joy gives way to tears when you're plagued with doubts and fears trust his word trust his word Thank you so much for that this morning. Make sure I'm all set. Thank you for much. Hey, uh, church family, I know it's Thanksgiving this week, and I, you know, I'm thankful for being born in the United States, where we do have a, a, not just an American heritage but we, and a patriotic heritage, but we have a godly heritage as well. And um, you know, there were three Thanksgiving proclamations. If I can just take a minute of history, if you don't mind, and I want to look at the message this morning. But there were three Thanksgiving proclamations. The first one was Governor Bradford, and I've printed them before. Uh, for you, and you're more than welcome. Joy can get them out of the file if you'd like to look at them. But very interesting. In 1607, when they came over on the Mayflower, um, their first uh, Thanksgiving, as we would call it, there was a Thanksgiving proclamation. It's about a paragraph long given by Governor Bradford. 
The second proclamation was in 1787. It was by our first president. Uh, George Washington gave, and it was a little bit lengthy, um, about a page long, of, again, how we owe a great thanks to God. Now, I had somebody the other day do it to me, and I was very kind of just letting you know. But they said, uh, happy Turkey Day already. And I'm just telling you, it's not happy Turkey Day. If you say happy Turkey Day, it's because you are a turkey. So don't even bother texting me uh, happy Turkey Day, all right? I'm telling you that it's Thanksgiving, and, uh, and that's what it was for. So George, I'm sorry, Thomas, I'm, Thomas, I'm going through all my presidents. Abraham Lincoln uh, gave us what we have today for our uh, Thanksgiving proclamation. On the back of your bulletin is that Thanksgiving proclamation. It's not very long. I don't know if you have a bulletin in front of you, but I would like to read it if you don't mind. If for no other reason our children need to understand, this is not a school holiday. It's a national holiday. And it's a national holiday because we had a Christian president called Abraham Lincoln that realized we owe a great debt to God. Now, I know it came after the Civil War, and there was a reason for it with all that had taken place, trying to bring the nation back together. But what he said is so true. And so if you'll just give me just a moment to read this to you this morning. Uh, Again, this was written by Abraham Lincoln, and this is why we celebrate Thanksgiving. The Bible says, excuse me, the Bible does, I'm looking at my Bible. The Bible does not say this, all right? Some of you didn't even know what I was saying, so that's okay. Abraham Lincoln said, It is the duty of nations as well as of men to own their dependence upon the overruling power of God, to confess their sins and transgressions and humble sorrow, yet with assured hope that genuine repentance will lead to mercy and pardon, and to recognize the sublime truth announced in the Holy Scriptures and proven by all history that those nations are blessed whose God is the Lord. Hey, I want to tell you something. The world doesn't want you to even know this, all righty? But this is why we celebrate Thanksgiving uh, this coming Thursday. We know that by His God's, by knowing about God's divine law, we know that by His divine law, nations like individuals are subjected to punishments and chastisements in this world. May we not justly fear that the awful calamity of civil war, which now desolates the land, may be a punishment inflicted upon us for our presumptuous sins to the needful end of our national reformation as a whole people. Think about that. Amen. Wouldn't it be nice if we had a president that would draw us back together and say, hey, listen, maybe the problems we're going through is because we're allowing abortion in our country. I'm just telling you, uh, it, th- these people were thinking correctly. Amen. Look at, listen to the next thing. It says, we have been the recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven. <coughs> we have been preserved these many years in peace and prosperity. We have grown in numbers, wealth, and power as no other nation has ever grown. But we have forgotten God. We have forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. And we have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. Intoxicated with unbroken success, we have become too self-sufficient, too filled with necessity of redeeming and preserving grace, too proud to pray to the God that made us. It has seemed to me, Abraham Lincoln said this, it has seemed to me fit and proper that God should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged as with one heart and one voice by the whole American people. I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. And we're not a Christian nation, amen? That's what they say. But I want to tell you something, you can't go back to history and be able to find out that our nation was founded upon God. And uh, hey, this Thanksgiving, while you're eating your turkey, thank God that you get to eat that turkey. But I want to tell you, you better thank God for all that he's doing in your life and make sure that we, like Abraham Lincoln said, 
repent of our sin and realize it's God, not us. Amen? All right, I'm going to preach a message this morning on thankfulness. You all look like you're very thankful. Luke chapter 17 is where we're at, just a few verses long. This is a true story. It happened during Jesus' earthly ministry. Jump down to verse number 11. Luke chapter 17, verse number 11. And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he, talking about Jesus, he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Verse 12 says, And as he entered into a certain village, there met him, how many men? Ten men that were, what, what, what were they? Lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his, uh, fell down on his, on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. I want to just talk for you just a little bit on thanks, thanks, thankfulness. And church family, the story hasn't changed and the thoughts are not going to change. For some of you, it will be the first time looking at this particular story, maybe in this way. But there's others of you that have heard this story. May we not allow the repetition of the story to forget what we're supposed to do as far as being thankful. And so this morning, would you ask the Lord to speak to your heart? Heavenly Father, thank you again for the Bible. I ask you to please speak to all of us this morning. From the youngest to the oldest, Father, may we be attentive to you. Would you allow the sweet Holy Spirit to whisper in our ear things in our own lives that we should be doing? And Lord, may we be more thankful than ever before. Father, thank you for the nation that we live in. Thank you, Lord, for the city that we live in. Lord, I ask you to please again bless our nation. Forgive us, Father, where we've turned from you. May we turn back to you. And Father, may the people in this auditorium be that spark, that light and salt. Father, that would cause a revival, that more people would be saved and more lives would be changed. Father, thank you again for your blessings on our life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Church family, it's very interesting when it comes to this thing about thanks, being thankful. They have done a world study to find out how pe- people are thankful, and I don't know how they do their studies, but in this particular study, what had taken place was that one out of seven people, when they had a conscious effort and ability or opportunity to be thankful, only one out of seven people said thank you. I don't know what those might come to. In this particular situation, it was one out of 10 as far as being thankful. And we as Christians should be the most thankful people in the world because we know where we're going to go when we die. We know that Jesus Christ is the one that died on the cross. And on a personal relationship, we realize we were sinners bound for hell. And we asked Jesus to be our personal savior. We're not saved because a member of the Heritage Baptist Church. We're saved because there was a time in your life that you, need, you knew you needed a Savior and you asked Him to be your Savior. If the, you got nothing else in life, you had no good car, no nice house to live in, not nice clothes. If you had not a good job and you're on your way to heaven, you're going to be eternity with God walking on streets of gold. we got a lot to be thankful for. It's part of our nature, our sin nature, not to be thankful. Why is it that when we start with our children at such a young age, the very first thing that we're trying to teach them is, what do you say? That's what we're telling them. And, we, and as parents, we're saying it constantly. What do you say? What do you say? I was with Mark Nearing and his four boys. Mark's in class right now, but with his four boys yesterday. And Mark is very conscious of his boys that they say the right things and do the right things. And I'm not sure if it's just because I was there, but Mark is very conscious of that. Fellas, let Pastor walk into the door first. And we were going into a, a restaurant, got something to eat. And uh, as soon as the, as the counter Brenda paid, Mark said to his boys, fellas, what do you, what do you tell Pastor Mark is trying to train his children to say thankful, say thank you. And I want to tell you why. Because his children are like all of our children. And exactly what we were when we were children, we're not thankful. All right? But church, let me just point this out while we're here because I find it very interesting. There were 10 men. 
Now, church, I want to tell you something. If we don't teach these kids when they're children, they're going to be part of the ten men. And unfortunately, they're going to be part of the nine men that did not say thankful because they were not taught when they were a child. What do you say? There ought to be something else. As parents and church parents, listen, we, I don't care how old our children get. If they're still living at our house, they should still be thankful. And so how do we do that? We train that in our children. What do you say? Make sure you tell somebody thank you. Or sometimes as our kids get older, we remind our children, make sure you send a thank you card to so-and-so for what they did for you. We as parents are training our children to be thankful. And I want to tell you that carries over in our Christianity because that a thankful heart to God should be what starts our day every day of our life. So again, this idea of thankfulness. Now this morning, I want to talk to you about, this, about these 10 men. All right, now, just, I mean, it's hard to visualize. I thought about getting 10 men up here. I'm not going to do that this morning. But if you can picture with me, Jesus Christ, particularly, if you, the very first verse we read, I think it's verse number 11, Jesus made his way to that city. Jesus, it was not an accident that Jesus showed up at that particular city with those particular 10 men. This was part of the pages of scripture because the divine son of God knew they were going to be there. All right. God knew everything. So here comes God, Jesus, and he comes to this particular place. And as he's walking, there are 10 men, as the Bible says in that verse, I think the next verse, verse 12, they were afar off. Why were these lepers afar off? Because of the disease that they had. The church family, leprosy, as we look in the Old Testament, started off with a bright spot in a person's skin. And that bright spot could be on the hand, it could be on the forehead, it could be on the chin, face. Sometimes it was noticeable. Sometimes it was underneath a person's hair as far as not noticeable. But when that bright spot took place, they would immediately have to go to the priest. And the priest, they didn't go to the hospital. They went to the priest. And the priest would look at that spot. And he said, now I'm going to separate you for so many days. And then you're going to come back. And I'm going to look at that again to see if it has spread. And the priest would determine if they were a leper or not. Now, if they were a leper, according to the Old Testament, they had to cover their lip. And then if anybody came near to them, they had to shout, unclean, unclean. Because leprosy was such a, 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 a disease that could be contact uh, uh, t- given to others through contact, and so they had to keep their distance from other people. So here these 10 lepers uh, were afar off, and they look at Jesus, and they said, hey, Jesus, have mercy upon us. Now, church, I, mean, I want you to notice what Jesus did not say. Jesus did not say, be healed. I want you to notice what Jesus did not say. No, I'm not going to help you. The only thing Jesus said was, go show yourself to the priest. Now, church, I mean, Jesus' answer was to find out if those men would have faith to believe what he had to say. Church, I mean, follow me for a moment here. The very last verse, Jesus talks about the faith that, that healed the leper. And, and if you notice, I'm, I'm sorry, let me just say, would you look at it with me? I want you to see it. Okay, look at your Bible again. In verse number, and again, I read it slow enough for you to see it, but look at verse number 13 again. And they lifted up their voice and said, Jesus, have mercy, have mercy upon us. Master, have mercy upon us. Verse 14. And when he saw them, he said unto them, go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass, now notice this last phrase, verse 14. As they went, they were cleansed. Now, church, I mean, what caused these men to be cleansed of their leprosy was faith in the word of God. What causes a person to go to heaven? Faith in the word of God. It's what it is. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans chapter 10, verse number 17. Somebody showed you sometime in your life, if you're saved, they showed you from the scripture that in order to go to heaven, it wasn't based on your testimony. It was based upon what God said. And that's why for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We take the word of God and by faith, we believe the word of God. A person that's going to go to hell is going to go to hell because they simply don't believe. 
It's that faith of believing that Jesus died for them. Now follow me. Here's what took place. These 10 men. Jesus, master, have mercy upon us. Jesus' response was, go show yourself to the priest. Now they knew what that meant. To show yourself to the priest was the only way they could get back into society. The priest was the only one that could give the stamp of approval for them to go back to their family and be with the people who loved them. So the Bible said, and as they went, they were cleansed. In other words, the action of their faith caused God to heal them of that leprosy. Now, we see what happens next. All right, look at your Bible again. In verse number uh, 15, of course, the last part of verse 14, as they went, they were cleansed, verse 15, and one of them. I circled one of them because truthfully, he was the only one that said thank you. I've, again, given this thought, would you allow me to say it again? Thankfulness is rare. And and we have the uh, numbers to prove that in this story is that one out of ten, and Jesus makes reference to that. If you notice in verse number 15 again, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back with a loud voice, glorified God, and fell down on his feet, at his feet, giving him thanks. Look what Jesus said in verse 17. And Jesus answering said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? I know that there are very few people who are thankful. And I'm talking about truly thankful. My kids are more conscious of it now because they're, you know, even at the age that they're at now, occasionally I'll say something. If I go somewhere and get something to eat, not one kid that I can remember, because they say my memory's bad, but if not one of my children say thank you in the car, I'll say, hey, fellas, I just want you, or kids, I said, I just want you to know, I said, you, somebody, you need to make sure you say thank you. And then I'll just go right on. And because of those times, my kids, they want to be the first one to say thank you because they'll tell me, well, the reason I don't say thank you is because I don't want to say thank you because somebody else says thank you. I don't care if everybody else says thank you. You need to say thank you. Now, church, I'm not talking about my family. I'm talking about us as Christians this morning. It doesn't matter who else says thank you. We're raising a generation that is unthankful. They will be the minority of grateful people because the majority of people are not grateful. And thankfulness starts with God. Starts, it starts with what God's done for me in my life. And I want to tell you, when you're thankful to God, there's an, uh, there's an overflow of a thankful to people because God uses people in our life. Amen. They have, I don't even know what the dates are, but I know for um, oh, the United States of America, they have a Pastor's Appreciation Week. And to be honest, I don't even know when it is. But, and there might be a Pastor's Appreciation Days, okay? Before that got to be common... And I, I hate to tell you this, but this is the way it was. For years, John Matthews would send me a card or he'd send me a text. I didn't know when the texts were. When he'd send to me, I'd kind of be surprised. He said, thanks for being my pastor. Now, it's more common now, and I get several thank yous, which I'm, I'm grateful for. But the, the principle I'm trying to get you to see is this. The, inside of us, it's, there's not a natural thing to be thankful. We, we have to work at being that. We have to... It's almost, our spirituality almost dictates whether there is a grateful heart for what God's doing in our life. Do do you understand that it's a rare thing? I was reading the story, the the fellow's name was Spencer, Edward Spencer. Edward Spencer um, was a part of a team that basically was, uh, oh, oh, come on, first responder, forgive me, first responders team. And 
On Lake Michigan, up in Illinois, on Lake Michigan, a boat had gone down. And when that boat had gone down, it was in the wintertime. And Edward Spencer was part of that team that was saving people. And he saved personally 17 people from drowning. And every time he'd get one back uh, to the shore, he would go back into the water and he would save another one. And he did that, 17 people. But it was interesting that 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 particular day somehow impaired him physically because of the frigid waters and what took place. There was permanent damage to him physically. Nothing was said, but it was, but when you, uh, at the end of his life, he had his funeral. And it was interesting is the eulogy that was given at the funeral talked about that very day. It was in the late 1800s, that very day that he had saved all those people. But you know what was part of his eulogy? What was part of his eulogy is the 17 people that he saved, the eulogy actually said, not one of them said thank you. The eulogy said that. Now, church, I mean, can I just tell you, we should not be like that. We as Christians should be the most thankful people there are, and not just to God, but because of God. An outward gratefulness of what God's doing in our life. We don't want to be the butler and Joseph for two years. The butler never says anything. We should be that Christian that should be conscious of what God's doing through people for us. It's rare. One in ten is the what gave thanks to God Almighty. Something else I want you to see that's kind of interesting I want you to notice uh, in verse number 15 with me, the Bible says this, it says, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back with a loud voice and, or loud voice glorified God. That same word glorified is used again, but the word glory in verse 18, when Jesus says in verse 18, there are not found that receive to give glory to God. That's what I mean, that word, that word glory means to honor or to magnify God. Now, I know we don't look at it this way, Here's what we think about glorifying God. God, I just want to tell you how good you are to me. Thank you for being my father, my friend, my help, my strength. Thank you for your protection, your direction. God, thank you for saving me. Thank you for the family. We look at glorifying God that it's always this direction. That's not what Jesus said in this passage here. Can I just tell you that the passage says that he thanked him. In fact, it's in verse number, if you look at your scriptures again, verse number 16, and he fell down on his face and his feet, giving him thanks. Verse 18 says, there are not found that return to give glory to God. Church, I mean, when you, to me, when you put the two together, giving thanks is what glorifies God. And I know the glory is being thankful to God, but can I just tell you that us giving thanks, being a thankful people, that brings honor and glory to God. We as God's people should show others how good God is by being thankful for what God does for us. I don't know if you noticed it or not, but did you notice what nationality this fellow was? Samaritan. Did you know what Jesus called him? Stranger. Is it just the stranger that's come back to give glory? I mean, the idea of being a Samaritan, when you go back to the Old Testament, where did the Samaritans come from? Esar Hayden was trying to figure out a way after he, he was an Assyrian king, he was trying to figure out a way to repopulate Samaria after he'd taken all the, most of the Jews captive. He left some Jews behind. And because of that, he sent and repopulated Samaria with Assyrians. Are you with me so far? The Assyrians married Jews and they became half-breeds. It, why is it that in John chapter 4, when Jesus was talking to the woman at the well, the woman at the well was a Samaritan and she looks at him and says, why are you even talking to me? And here's what she said. The Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Do you understand that 
the significance about this leper that was healed is that he was a person who in his mind is unworthy of a Jew who is Jesus Christ to heal him. I'm just trying to tell you that the reason we glorify God is we see our unworthiness in the sight of God on how good he is to us. I don't know what the other nine were. I don't know if the other nine were Samaritans, but all we know about this one is the only one that said thank you is the one who was considered a half-breed. He was considered a person that was a little bit different in society. He was considered like he was not deserving of such a miracle. Church family, there is nobody in this auditorium or anywhere around the world that's deserving of God's miracles in our life. We've grown accustomed to it. When I read what Abraham Lincoln said a few moments ago, and we had to read that in public today, public has no idea. And we don't have the same kind of thinking that they thought when they just got done through the Civil War. Isn't it amazing when the Twin Towers came down that everybody wanted to say, God bless America, but now that these 20 years have passed, it's not, we don't need God anymore. We still need God. And we're undeserving of that. But I'm just trying to t- remind us this morning from the story that thankfulness is rare, but also thankfulness causes, uh, causes us to glorify God in our life. I find it in- interesting the word voice is used in verse 13 and the word voice is used in verse 15. In verse number 13, it says he lifted up his voice to God. In verse number 15, it says with a loud voice, he glorified God. It's amazing that these 10 were over here and they said, Jesus, master, have mercy upon us. But church, when you find the Samaritan that is healed of God coming back, it's with a loud voice. Jesus, thank you. I want to tell you something, the reason we're not thankful is because we're not, we do not see what God's doing in our life and we've taken for granted all the blessings of God upon our life. And I want to just tell you, we need to get back to glorifying him by just being thankful. How many times are we so consumed with what we don't have that we've forgotten with what we do? Well, I wish I had a better car. I wish I had a better house. I wish I had a better job. But being unthankful for what we do have, I'm just telling you that to glorify God, we should be thankful. Quickly, last of all, I want you to see this. Not only thankfulness is rare and thankfulness glorifies God. I know this to me is the most, uh, in in my mind, I would say it's the most important principle. In my mind, I I find it the most astounding principle. Church family, look at your Bible in verse number 14. It says, and when he saw them, he said unto them, go, talking to the 10 now, go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, the 10, as they went, they were, what's the last word in verse 14? Cleansed. Look at verse number 19 now. What happens to this one that comes back and says, thank you? Verse 19, and he said unto him, arise, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee, what's the last word? Now, church, I think you can understand there's a difference between the word cleanse and the word whole. Here's what took place. These 10 right here, their faith was because they went. And as they went, they're going to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Now, church, I've never been a leper, but somehow, some way, they knew they were healed because one came back immediately. Are you with me so far? Now, I don't know what that cleansing was. I don't know if the leprosy on the hand, they felt it dried up. I don't know, but somehow they knew that the leprosy was done and it was, they were able to go home and they were not going to have to be uh, uh, ostracized from society. But wait a second here. The one comes back. Jesus, I just want to tell you, thanks for what you did. Jesus said, thy faith hath made thee whole. Now, church, if you study leprosy, you're going to find out that leprosy is with, actually within the skin and it, it kind of rises to, to a sore. 
But inside the skin, what happens is, is, is that the tissue inside the skin between the bones, it deteriorates. Leprosy can last, can last almost up to 20 years of a person's life, and that deterioration has taken place inside their bones. What happens is it just causes them to lose their limbs because the tissue on the inside, is, it just goes away. It starts to, to rot. I don't know if these 10 lepers, if somebody had already lost a hand or lost an arm or lost an eye, but they knew they were cleansed. I don't know if the 10th one that had come back had already lost limbs. I can't tell you if it's been 10 years or 20 as far as the leprosy, but he knew it was going to eventually kill him. But the difference between this one that came back is God did not just cleanse him of his leprosy. He was made whole again. I believe with all my heart that if he'd lost an arm, the arm came back. I believe with all my heart that he's lost an eye. The eye came back because he's the only one that God said, thy faith hath made thee whole. When I think about thankfulness, it's rare and it glorifies God, but it causes God to give you more. Now, I want to tell you, you say, Pastor, that's kind of a selfish way, selfish reason to be thankful to get more. You can say whatever you want, but I'm going to still be thankful. To think about that God wants to bless us and all he's waiting for is this. Thank you. We get to heaven, we're going to find out how much we missed out on. Uh, Pastor, I'm older now and I've, I've provided for myself. And yeah, God's been good to me, but it's because of what I've done. That's the wrong thinking. You know what the right thinking is? God's been awful good to you. God's been awful good to you. And listen, I know this message is not really, boy, if you just be more thankful, God will give you more. But truth of the fact, the matter is, is that's the principle of this particular passage, is that God gave one guy more than he gave to the rest of them simply because he came back and said, God, I just want to tell you thank you. Thank you for what you've done in my life. Young people, I don't care what your, what your age is this morning. There has to get a conscious effort, and I know part of it's the spirituality of a person. The closer you get with God, I feel like it's going to be more natural for you just to be thankful. But there needs to be a conscious effort of a person being thankful. Thank you. Thank you for the little things in life. It's not just the big things in life. It's not because somebody spent money on you. I want to tell you something. As a father... happens semi-regularly I just can't tell you how I feel when I come to bed at night and it doesn't happen every day but there's a card on my table next to where I sleep and it's in a handwritten note and I open that up and in handwriting one of my kids will say dad I just want you to know I appreciate you you're the greatest dad in all the world thank you for what you do for me is never long. I keep every one of them. Can you imagine what your heavenly father would feel like if you'd spend every day of your life? God, I, I, I just want to say thank you. I wouldn't have anything if it wasn't for you. Thank you. Jennifer, I know we're coming up on Thanksgiving week and but this is not just a week of thanks. It's, it's a life of thanks of what God's done in our life. That's what he wants. Question is, are you thankful? 
You know, I think sometimes we're mentally, well, yes, God does everything. But God's not looking for just a mentally. (laughs) He's looking for you to say something. I hope this week will really establish not just Thanksgiving as we kind of take time off, but I hope that it'll establish every day of our life. God, I just want to say thank you. Would you bow your head and close your eyes this morning? Listen, as you pray in your heart, can I just ask a couple questions this morning? Do you know for sure, doesn't matter if it's your first time here, you've been here multiple services, do you know for sure if you died right now, you'd go to heaven?